There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi, I'm Nicholas Brendan, and you're listening to the Buffy Back Issue Ben. Welcome back again to Breaking Down Buffy Comics. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. I thought of an alternate title. What'd you come up with? Buffy Back Issue Ben. Yeah, that's probably better. And Maybe we should change it now. I don't know. I already made we a logo. Still can. You can do it again. <laughs> We'd have to go. I'd have to edit it, and there's this whole bit I'd have to cut out. Oh, I That one has a lot of alliteration, though. I like that one a lot better, and we're only like three episodes wow. in. Wow. Like a million times better. Wow, you turned on me. It's such a better title. Is it? Yeah. Ah. Welcome to our potentially renamed show. It's gonna be gr- it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be better. It doesn't really matter because this is the last episode we're gonna drop on day one. Is it? Yeah, because we're gonna drop three episodes day one. So we've been like, come back next week when really it's like, come back now. Well, look at that. Because we're dropping three day one. Well, good for us. So if people want to hear some stuff, so I didn't even think about that. Just you know used to that for recording shows be like come back next week well think about that but after this episode come back next week (laughs) i didn't think about the marketing at all neither did i but if you want to you might not even need to come back next week if you go sign up for our patreon episode four is already ready is it now isn't that fancy (laughs) we yeah we'll find out what it is i know what it's gonna be yeah, but what's nice about this one, so if you've suffered through the last two episodes of things that we weren't terribly impressed with, there's a decent one. Yeah, this one's actually good. And it's quite a bit longer. Yeah, this is going to be, for the format of the show, generally what we're going to do is cover, and this will be broken a little bit, sometimes it'll be single issues, but usually we're going to do one graphic novel per show, and this one happens to be the longest one out of all the Buffy and Angel series. We're doing eight issues versus the normal, like, six. But it's worth it. Well worth it. Because we didn't want to do more than one episode on it. Exactly. Uh, what we're covering this week is going to be the series Frey. This came out between 2001 and 2003. Uh, this is Joss Whedon's very first comic. It's set 200 years in the future. We find out very quickly. The world is very, very different 200 years in the future. The reason that we're covering something in the future now is I like to read this one in between season six and seven of Buffy. There's a couple of elements that come up in this graphic novel that come back in season seven, and that's actually where I was first introduced to this graphic novel. Yeah, there's some stuff that ties in, and this is also about when it came out. It came out, you know, not directly in between season six and seven, but it's a good place to put it, Uh, mostly because this series suffered some massive delays towards the end. In between issues five and six, there was over a year in between issues, so if you were reading this when it came out, I'm sorry. That's like George R. R. Martin. It's that level of bad. That's that's really unfortunate. Except if you because were reading we... along, reading along, and then a year in between them. But at least Whedon was putting out other material in the meantime, comparatively. True. Compared to George R. R. Martin, just buying additional suspenders and fun hats. Didn't he? He bought a movie theater and renovated it too, and now he shows old movies in his movie theater in like Arizona. Well, good on him. Fun facts. So with all that, let's jump into Frey. Into the Frey. No, bad. Bad pun. Bad pun. Out of the Frey. Into the book. Bad puns away. Into the... There's no woods in here. No. No, that is a good segue. There are no woods. We are, in fact, in a city, but we're like in the lower slums of a city. Which city? The city that I wrote down that I can't think of the name right now. New York City. Is it really? Yeah, it's New York. 
Why? It's the Hayden District. There's no Hayden District in New York. This is New York. Where? I didn't read the back. Manhattan has become a deadly slum run by mutant crime lords and disinterested cops. Okay, so here's a pet peeve of mine. Learning new information on the back of the book that is not told to you anywhere in the book. That's a pet peeve of mine. I just want all the information to be in the text itself. Is that such a thing to ask? Manhattan. In the Hayden district of New a large York city. New City. Do I have to pay right, copyright for that? I don't know. But now all I can think of is Hamilton, and I can't think about it for anymore. <laughs> we'll the Hamilton to... podcast. <laughs> There's already plenty of those with better people. Just because they're different doesn't mean they're better. They are our betters. They're ce- minor celebrities. Well, that's good for them. Anywho. Back to Frey. So, uh, we are 200 years in the future. We're evidently in Manhattan, and we are... Turning against this book fast. Down in the slums, and we meet our character Frey. And her full name is Malaka Frey. Just rolls off the tongue. Mal sometimes, sometimes just called Frey. We're just going to call her Frey. It's an easier name. Why does Joss name everyone Mal? Mel, not Mal. Oh, sorry. So different. Because Malcolm Reynolds was in the kill- the novel The Killer Angels that he got the idea for Firefly from. Also the name Jubal Early. Also, fun fact, Joshua Chamberlain is the main character in The Killer Angels. Also, he was president of Bowdoin College, as we all like to know. We are not covering this book. Let's do this. Let's do this book. Okay, fine. So, we meet Frey. Frey. We she- meet Frey. Um, Frey is, we learn very quickly, not on the... Up and up, particularly. She is a thief, and she steals things um, for money, but she's really good at it. She's a runner, and she works for this guy named Gunther. Well, guy. Guy is a relative term. Guy is a relative term. Merman-type fish thing? He's a fish that lives in an aquarium who likes to steal things. No, he's more of a fence. He likes to fence things. He can't actually steal them because he lives in an aquarium. That's fair. But anyway, so she works for Gunther. And this guy comes up to her, and much like we saw, well, comparatively, in Buffy we saw a character actor whose name I can't remember, who was big in the 90s, came up, he's like, Buffy Summers, you have been called, blah, blah, blah. And this this guy comes over, he's like, Malaka Frey, you have been called, and now I'm going to douse myself in gasoline and set myself on fire. Yeah, the self-immolation was a little weird, and we don't ever really deal with it. We just kind of move past it. Well, we talk about it a little Frey bit. Frey throws him in, him in the convenient river, and he... He's dead. Is dead. Yeah, he's he's very dead. No more of the fire, man. No. So, um, so we just learn that he's crazy, and we move along. But she's going to steal for Gunther, her little fish friend. And she runs into some other people who are also trying to steal said item. Mm-hmm. And things don't go so well. And, and then... they get into a Mexican standoff. Is that a real term? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so you have like three people pointing guns at each other. Oh, that's like Canadian doubles in tennis. I don't know what that is. It's but... when you have two people on one side and one person on the other, and you play tennis that way? Oh, they just call it a regular standoff because there's only two of them. But she has her fun futuristic laser beam pointing at the guy's head. He has his laser pointed at her head, and he goes, Well, it appears we have a standoff of the regular variety. It's not Mexican because there aren't three of us. And she shoots him in the face. She does shoot him in the face, and but it's, it's a fancy laser gun, and he doesn't die, which is good. It's like Star Trek style. Her phaser, Her phaser was... is set to stun. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was going with that, thanks. Yeah. 
I slept through that the other night. I was going to say it slowly. Her phaser is set to stun. But, but you said it quick. I wanted to beat you. Oh, there we go. I don't really know anything about Star Trek, so that's my one thing. How dare you. One fact. Fun fact. But she goes to Gunther and she brings him this artifact and he pays it's an her. an amulet. Amulet. Amulet? Amulet. It's been a long day. Amulet. And he pays her in way too much. Yes. Money has also changed drastically. It's now a bracelet. It's now in koi and sil, which I'm imagining is short for coin and silver. But the sil actually comes in bracelet form, so you just get, like, random bracelets. I like it. Money is bling. Yeah. Except in the uppers, then it's card or credit or whatever they call it. Credit cards? No, they just call it one or the other. I can't remember which one. But they're fancy now. So the upper, fancy people, lower, slums, basically. So Frey leaves, and she's like, I shouldn't have been paid this much, and she runs into some lurks. Lurks are creepy. and Lurks are vampires. They are vampires, there's yeah. There's no two ways we, around We it. learn very quickly that they're vampires. And there's not, these aren't like upgraded special vampires. These are just vampires with a new name. Yeah, and mostly because no one knows that they are vampires. Like they're commonly accepted as just like this weird mutated like gutter trash. Yeah, because there's a lot of weird mutated people in this, so nobody's quite sure if it's a disease or if it's just that they are mutated from the radiation. They have they mentioned some radiation poisoning that's been passed down through generations as well. So it's clearly not a new thing. But praise a prey to these guys, and then it's broken up when her um, a cop arrives. Whose name is Aaron. Good normal name. Good normal name. And it turns out that Aaron is Frey's sister. What? They're on opposite sides of the law. But Aaron's not sure that uh, Frey is definitely a criminal. Right. And Aaron's wearing a sweet red jumpsuit like Britney Spears in that music video. So that's what I thought of the whole time. It looks exactly like that, but she also has like a big flowy trench coat. She does. So imagine Britney Spears with a big flowy trench coat and you have Aaron. That is very close to Aaron. But then Aaron brings up a painful memory. Frey calls her a bitch and leaves. Yep. And Frey goes back home. And this is where we meet some of the neighborhood where she lives. The only really important one is a little girl named Lou. Yeah, and Lou is really adorable. She has some crazy Cindy Lou Who pigtails. But she's missing half of one of her arms, and she's also blind in one blind eye. Blind in one eye, and she needs some sort of medication. And Frey just looks out for her and likes to punch people that make fun of her for her disabilities. Yeah, which is um, noble. And she's a really sweet kid that and, we come to find out. And Frey's real punchy. Yep, pretty much. And then Frey goes home, and she thinks at least it's over. And then she meets a giant. Fawn. <laughs> Without a nose. Yeah, you make him sound like so dainty. Like, he's a fawn. He's a giant fawn he's like, with some giant ram horns and no nose. They got ripped off his face. But he's a fawn. He does. He has At the base. He has goat legs, a cape, giant ram horns. He's red from the waist up, and he's built like a friggin' tank. Right. But in my head, his name is Tumnus. It's not Urkon. Ur- his name is Urkon. Tumnus. We're not calling him Tumnus. Red Tumnus. <laughs> He's he, red, he would by eat, the way. He would eat Tumnus. Tumnus was feisty, and I liked him. He made it five minutes. Tumnus was clever. No, he wasn't. Tumnus. He got turned to stone. Well, okay, that's another whole situation that we don't need to discuss right now. 
But this demon Urkon shows up, and all the mutations that generally are seen with the exception of Gunther, like, she seems surprised by his appearance. Demons aren't really a thing in this world. And he shows up and royally just beats the hell out of her. And we find out that Urkon also is not really up to date on what's happening in this world 200 years in the future. Because he says something about bullets, and and Frey goes, what are bullets? And it's just, they are very different. Urkon clearly has not really been around for the past 200 years, and um, there seems to be very little history that has been passed down. But he likes his cape. He does like his cape. He has no pants, but he has a cape. Because he's a goat, so he has goat legs. (laughs) That's fair. He doesn't really need pants, he has goat legs. They fight, and then he's like, hey, I was just trying to talk to you. She goes, then why'd you punch me in the face? He's like, because you were trying to run away from me, because I have a no nose and I look terrifying. A big red fawn. Yeah. He's like, I'm here to talk to you about the vampires. And she's like, what's a vampire? We all know what vampires are. We're doing a... We're up to date on vampires. So then we cut away to see some vampires, just to remind us what a vampire is. I know what vampires are. Shockingly, they're lurks. Yeah. And you said you hate this before we go into this episode. They use a lot of future slang. Yes. Like, that's not toy. Right. So I am now imagining that toy means crazy, like... No rutting way. Ugh. Lurks, blah, blah, blah. So I understand linguistically (laughs) why slang happens, and that, of course, 200 years in the future, you're going to have much different slang than we have today and joss ended up taking some of the slang and putting it into firefly as well but it just feels very jarring to me to hear slang that has been fabricated yes fabricated is a good word um so urkon's like you're the slayer you've been called you're the guy who set himself on fire he was your watcher but they're just fanatics now because they've gone so long without having anyone to train but this is all interspersed with Frey being like, what? What's a Watcher? What's a Slayer? What? What? I'm not that. So anyway. I like how this book tries to be new reader friendly, but unless you're really up on Buffy, why are you reading this? Right. And also, he doesn't- In all fairness, at least this book tries. Once we hit it into the like post-season seven stuff and post-Angel season five, they don't care anymore. Right. The nice part is- They're too, at least trying here. That this is standalone enough that if you were not super into Buffy- you could totally understand what's happening here. You probably just wouldn't care. You probably wouldn't care. Or you, I don't know why it would be interesting to me why you would seek this particular graphic novel out if you were not into Buffy you or Joss Whedon. But anyway. Um, but he's like, you know, you're the Slayer. You've had dreams all of your life of a girl fighting vampires. Sometimes she's a girl in a golden city, a really sunny city, and she's kind of blonde and... No, I think he said a blonde girl in a sunlit high school or something. Yeah, something close to that. Not Sunnydale. In your dreams, you're someone else, a slave, a princess, a girl in a sunlit city. In every dream, you have great power. In every dream, you fight them, the ones you call lurks. Who's a what now? Then she's like, no, that's never happened to me, so. It's like, ah, that's not awesome. Nope. So we see Frey's second job, and her second job does not Yeah, basically she says, I I haven't decided yet if this is going to be an appropriate podcast or not. I think it should be. Fuck off, she says. (laughs) (laughs) And she leaves. And so (laughs) our friendly fawn is following her because he is still trying to convince her to become the slayer that he knows that she will be. 
and he keeps asking her about her extraordinary strength and healing powers and all of that, and she's like, eh, I'm just good at life. So she goes to steal another artifact and runs into a lurk. Shocking. This lurk is not the kind of waifish ones that we've seen before. He's large and in charge. He's really just a fat man. And and we see that Frey is scared of him. She's she's frozen, actually. She goes to a museum to steal a thing. This uh, lurk, I don't know if I'm going to call them lurks or vampires. It's annoying to call them lurks. It is annoying. Let's just call them lurks. Let's stick. Let's be thematic. This lurk kills a guard. Did you say it's annoying to call them lurks? Okay. And then I'm going to do it anyway. And then Alrighty. She, and then she beats up this lurk and can't kill him and goes back to Urkon and just is like, hey, so what's a slayer? And how do I kill lurks? So Urkon starts to train her, starts explaining the whole Slayer heritage, talks about how there's multiple dimensions and how the Slayers came to be and what her role is, that she should have definitely had dreams. The interesting part here is that we hear a little bit more about when the Slayers kind of ended, because at the very beginning of the book, it says no one has been called for 200 years. And And so the fact that Frey has been called is unusual to everybody, for real. And so Urkon tells basically what he knows as what he knows to be the end of the Slayers. Yeah. And she's like, so you're my watcher. He's like, no, I'm I'm not going to set myself on fire. Yes. I'm just going to get you ready so we can do a thing, but I'm no watcher. Exactly. And we find out here that there have been no Slayers for the past 200 years because all of the magic and demons were wiped out 200 years earlier by the last Slayer. What we learn also is that there was a Slayer, which is not clearly defined, but it's probably Buffy, disappeared with all of the magic in the world. Mm-hmm. And that no that, one like, knows what happened to that, that Slayer. All of the demons got sucked out of this world, including Buffy, or including this Slayer, the Slayer who took a last stand. And right now, and like as we're recording this, I don't know what that means. No, and also... Joss is also known to play the long game. Mm-hmm. So the idea that we're going to, we could potentially know how everything ends. That's kind of cool. It's up there, but it might not. I mean, he's, I mean, this would be like the longest game he's ever played, but he's done a few years worth of foreshadowing in the past. It wouldn't be unlikely that somehow the way Buffy ends is Buffy banishing all of the demons. And this is vague enough. They're they're little descriptions. It's only, only a couple of panels long, and it would not be that difficult to write off any inaccuracies to the 200 years of history not being passed down, seemingly. so Yeah, especially because, I mean, Urkon's the one who's saying this, and he's already a little bit out of the loop. Exactly. And he's telling it to Frey, who knows nothing. So not really in a position, yeah, position to challenge him. We're also taking what he says at face value. Exactly. And we find out at some point that he talks to a giant floating pig and a giant floating something else. Spider with a face. Spider with a face. So, or he's like a head that has spider legs. It's very unclear. A skull with spider legs. But giant floating things talk to him. So I don't really know if we want to totally trust him as our reliable narrator. But Frey goes on another job. She gets another artifact and brings it to Gunther. And throughout this entire series, what we've been seeing so far, she's been having flashbacks to this one specific lurk. Mm-hmm. And we learn that Gunther has been selling these artifacts to that lurk that she's been having all of these terrible memories about. And we then learn that that lurk has bring, been bringing them to somebody whom he calls Master. But not the Master. No. Important detail. Because the Master's dead. 
long dead 200 years ago. Well, except that time he comes back and dies again. We'll get there. So 195 <laughs> years ago. It's real annoying and useless. Foreshadowing for the future. In any case, we go back. We see all of our fun friends in the lower part of the world again. Frey gets into a bar fight. It seems that Frey gets into many bar fights. Good for her. And she runs into the vampire she's been having flashbacks about. And we haven't really covered these yet just because they happen so often it's not worth going like, and then there's a flashback, and then there's a flashback, and then there's a flashback. Let's just cover the flashbacks now. So it turns out that this particular lurk, his name is Icarus, because he flew too close to the sun. Anyway. He did not. <laughs> um, he did not go anywhere near the sun because he's still here. He's so, a vampire. He can't fly too close to the sun. He does, he dies. Whatever. So Icarus has... No wax wings. No wax wings, no. But he has shown up in Flay's... Flay's? Flay's. Her name is now Flay. <laughs> Malaka Flay. flashbacks. Flay's flashbacks. Flay's flashbacks. Phrase flashbacks. Phrase flashbacks. You can take any one of those. And the quick gist is, we already know that she has her sister Aaron, but she also had a brother whose name was Hearth. Exactly. And we know that Hearth died pretty early on. But what happened is, it feels weird to call her Frey when his last name is also Frey. They're all named Frey. Lady Frey. Youngest Lady Frey. If we were in olden times, Aaron would be Miss Frey. Malacca would be Miss Malacca Frey. Well, Miss Malacca Frey Better. is out stealing things with her brother Hearth. Who's not good at stealing. Frey is very good at stealing. She's quick and she's strong and she is clever and she's naturally very acrobatic. And he's the opposite. And Hearth is a real nerd. He is. With his horn-rimmed glasses. But everybody loves horn-rimmed glasses. He, he looks like a teenage Elvis Costello, but with less muscle tone. But also everything's in some nice gray tones during the flashbacks. It's a, it's a sepia. Anyway, it's kind of grayed out in color. So we don't really know but, um, much about his appearance. We find out a little bit later that Hearth is her twin brother. And this vampire Icarus, who is now confronting her, murdered Hearth and threw Frey off a building. Exactly. So, you know, rough times for her. And so she runs into Icarus again. Actually, Icarus comes down to the lower part lowers do they just call it the lowers of manhattan okay he comes down to the slums and to find her because he has been sent by the one who will lead to come get Frey. we don't know who the, the one who will lead is but but he... everything's in capitals so it's like he who shall not be named it's voldemort he... spoiler alert it's not voldemort it would be so much better It'd be a weird crossover i guess it would work there's magic in both those worlds i know there is I know them both. I feel like Voldemort would just get punched in the face a lot. He'd be like, we need to use our wands. Like, no, we're just going to punch. No, he doesn't need to use his wand. He has evolved past wands. He doesn't need to use them anymore. That's how he can fly. Voldemort can fly? Yes, Voldemort can fly. We're getting off track. Um, So Frey freezes up because Icarus is there, the murderer of her twin brother, and he's going to kill her. So our favorite little fawn came, comes running out of the shadows. <laughs> our 10-foot fawn. And just punches him into, again, the convenient lake. And stops. River? River. It's a river. Definitely a river. Some kind of bay. In any case, he but punches him into water and says, go, let's let him go. Good enough. And Frey's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, nope, it's fine. 
we flash back. We see that the real reason that Frey and her sister are not getting along, never mind the fact that they are complete opposites, but Aaron very much blames Frey for Hearth's death. Because she was grabbing. Because she was grabbing, a.k.a. stealing. And she convinced Hearth to go along and Hearth got killed for it. And thus, it must be Frey's fault. And so the two of them have not really been on speaking terms since then. I guess not. Urkon goes and he's like, this broad hasn't had the dreams at all. I don't think she's a slayer. And they're like... They meaning the two floating heads, one being a pig, one being a skull. Okay. And they're like, shut up. She's the slayer. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. Whatever. And then we find Frey taking a naked shower in an alley underneath some pipes. Weird little set of panels. Of her taking a shower like 20 feet above an alley by pulling down a pipe and just the random nudity. Yeah. It's an odd moment, mostly because it doesn't... This book is pretty tight. It doesn't have a lot of things that are not really necessary. Except for that. Yeah, there's not a lot of, like... There's not a lot of unnecessary sexualization of characters that you would see, like, in a lot of mainstream comics. I mean, granted, she doesn't ever wear a shirt fully. Like, well, she, she wears, wears a shirt. It's a midriff, but... Yeah, she wears a lot of crop tops. It's not... Which is fine. But like, it's... it's not drawn as, like... No, it's like a Kim Possible kind of crop top. Do you remember Kim Possible? And Ron Stoppable? I know. Well, you listener, you will remember Kim Possible. She looks kind of like Kim Possible. I also feel like she's really damaging the plumbing in this area. Like, she's just pulling down pipes to bathe herself in. Yeah. So it's either freezing cold or boiling hot. Either way, this is a bad shower plan. Everything about it is bad, pretty much. So she goes back to her hotel. Or her hotel. Wrong. <laughs> this is an angel. He goes back to the hotel. Yep. So she goes back to her hotel slash flat. Apartment. She just goes back to her apartment. So she goes back and she says, and Urkon's there. She's like, hey, sorry. I just had to qu- take a quick um, public shower. But I'm here now. And the reason I froze up is because that lurk killed my twin brother, Hearth. He's like, you have a twin? And it was a male? What are the chances? Slim, I guess. Yeah. I think he says, what word is he use? That's unusual. With the dots in between, so we know that it's really unusual. That's dot 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 unusual. Frey doesn't care, by the way, that it's unusual. So good for her. But Frey decides she's going to go see Gunther because she knows that Gunther has been the one selling her out and like kind of giving her location to the lurks and why he's paying her so well because it doesn't really matter because she's going to die anyway. And she's not going to cash her checks. And instead, Frey ends up being set up by Gunther and she gets Zapped by her sister, Britney Spears, and... Arrested. Arrested, yeah. She's straight arrested. But before she can get into the police car, a bunch of lurks attack. And luckily, Frey now has an idea of how to kill lurks, except that pretty early on in the fight, she gets smashed in the back of the head and... With a pipe. With a pipe. And she wakes up looking at Icarus. And she doesn't know what to expect. And she looks up, and she sees the one who will lead, and it's... Hearth. Dun, dun, dun. Shocker. It's not. No, it's not really a shocker at all, but it is Hearth. She's like, oh, but how were you alive? And he's like, I'm not. A vampire killed me and then I bit his face and I drank his blood and then I became me. Because it turns out the reason that Frey wasn't getting the dreams all along. is because Hearth was. And Hearth, 
he instinctively knows all of the psychically connected Slayer pieces of information that Urkon was trying to tell Frey about. Yeah, to pull out of Frey. And Frey was like, uh, no idea. Literally no idea what you're talking about because all of it had gone to her brother. She just got the strength and the speed and all of the skills that are super necessary. And then he beats her up. He's like, (laughs) everything's going to be fine because I'm going to bring back all the demons through a portal. And then he throws her into a wall, and this is apparently a poorly constructed place because she just falls into the sewer. Yeah, and the sewer washes her away, and... She goes to find her sister and apologizes and explains that Hearth is now a lurk. They have a heart-to-heart. It's lovely. It's not. It's fine. It's pretty sweet. But by the time that Frey gets back to her own apartment, she finds out, again, it's been trashed. And here is one of the more graphic panels, in a way. In this whole graphic novel. So really every panel is graphic. Mm, whatever. you know. What it's I mean. really a visual medium. One of the more violent panels. She returns to her home to discover that Lou, the little girl with little half an arm. And Cindy Lou who. One eye and apparently Converse are still a thing. Good on Converse, Good. <laughs> I Good guess. Good for them. That Lou has been killed in her apartment. But this, the panel um, showing it. Her neck Everything is... up until now has been very fluid. All the violence has been very much um, action-oriented. And this is kind of the first still panel of the aftermath that we've seen. You could just see, like, a tear that was running down her face, and her neck has been snapped. Yeah, and her body is just at a very twisted angle. And Contorted, that's... if you will. And that's all that we see in this panel. It's a very... Dead little girl. That's a very dead panel. So. And Frey looks at the body, picks her head up. And now she's ready to fight. Yes. Because they killed Lou, and they didn't even bother to drink her blood. This was just a message that the Lurks were trying to send. Because before Hearth accidentally threw her into the sewer, he said that he would kill everyone that she loved. And that and that Frey was powerless to protect anybody in this life. I think he's just bitter about being killed, but, you know, what do I know? I had all these dreams about being a lady. It was confusing. Yeah, that would be really confusing. Poor Hearth, like for real. When he was alive, now he's just kind of annoying, but... I thought I was model attractive lady. And he's not at all. So Frey walks back into town. I'm Rivers Cuomo, if not Buddy Holly. Who? Someone will get that. Mm. It was not you. It was not me. (laughs) That was not for me. No, that... So Frey walks back into town carrying... Lou. Lou in her arms. Brings her to the tavern where Lou's parents work and own it, I guess. Yeah, they do. And tries to rouse everyone for the fight that she knows is coming. She's about to kill some lurks, and they're like... Why? Because to them, lurks are just kind of an irritant. They're not particularly... They stay in the shadows. ...threatening, but nobody they, likes them. They might eat the homeless, but who cares? Because the lurks vampires can't go into houses so unless they're invited into these people's houses they don't have and nobody invites a lurk in they're pretty safe but Frey is given the weapon of a slayer from Urkon and this is really why I like to read this before season 7 so this is a pretty fancy weapon if you have not seen it It, if you've seen the show you it's double pointed just say what the weapon is oh it's the scythe it's the scythe that Buffy gets in season 7 yeah and it premiered first in this comic yeah, it's pretty fancy. Except we'll come back to this 
this creates a little bit of a continuity error and then they ignore it and then they go back to it again. The scythe here is completely red and doesn't have the sharp silver blade. Mm-hmm. We will ignore that and then recognize it again later on. It it made itself a continuity error. But suffice it to say, it is the same scythe. It's the scythe. Yeah. It's really cool. It's cool that it originated first in this series. It's fun to read it here first. It's fun to think that that, that piece of season seven of Buffy, Joss Whedon had planned way back when when he was planning to write this book. I just, I like that. Yeah, it's really cool to see. And I mean, it, she's going to use it just like Buffy does. But it does bring up the question, where did Urkon get it from? I don't know. Pig face. Pig face. Not skull face? No. Pig face. It is really weird because she's just like, he gave me this weapon. It, it's this off-panel thing that I feel like should have been on-panel. Yeah, all of a sudden she just shows up with this weapon that is going to be so incredibly important in Buffy. And it's just like, yep, this yeah. is a this is a thing. This is literally the linchpin of the final season. And also we mentioned this weapon. the fact earlier that there's not really any wood left in the city. Uh, and there's also not very much sunlight. So two natural enemies of Lurks don't really exist anymore. But importantly, the scythe does have a wooden stake on the end, obviously. Well, especially, I mean, this is 200... 200- they would have had to have replaced the wood. This wood is ancient. Right, you but the fact that there's a wooden you attachment. You couldn't stab a vampire with centuries-old wood. That would crumble. I don't know. Maybe they took care of it. It's not special wood. Maybe it is. <gasps> Maybe it's like magic wood. Frey is like, hey, come and fight me. I have a fun new scythe. She says that to the lurks. It slices and dices on both ends, and everyone's like, yeah, no. And so instead... We see Harth, and he gives a pep talk to his guys, and his pep talk goes better than her pep talk. Well, part of what was happening with him is that they've been gathering up people, and they're all ready to wake up. There's just a pile of corpses that are all about to become lurks. Exactly. So he has been planning this for a while. Frey is now an army of one. With Urkon. Army of two. Uh, With very little support from... One nose, two people. (laughs) Yes. With very little support from the community that she's trying to protect. And she goes, and she's going to start hunting. She's like, fine, you know what? I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. And I like that she doesn't quite know how to use her powers yet, and so she kind of has to feel her way into them. She stabs a vampire, but stabs him in the stomach instead of the heart. Which is what Buffy did her first time out. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine it'd be hard to find the heart the but- first time out. Yeah, and so... Kicks um, one guy in the throat while simultaneously stabbing another in the stomach. And then it clicks. And she knows what she's doing. And that and then she just gets centuries-long real... tradition kicks in. So Frey starts fighting all of these lurks. And Archon's helping out. Um, she refers to him as the world's greatest guard dog. And she dives into the water to go kill a bunch of them. And she's begging for help in her brain. And just eventually goes, you know what? I'll do it myself. Which is kind of her mantra. Yeah, and I like that about her. It's kind of Buffy's mantra, too. <laughs> She's, we didn't really talk about it, but the art is done by this guy, Carl Malone. It works here. He does have a very specific art style. It does definitely work in this universe, and he's going to come back again to work on some other books in the future. I mean, he's someone that I like. I don't dislike him, but I like him sparingly. Mm-hmm. And he works very well in this universe. Even the way he draws Frey, she's, I mean, she's not a carbon clone of Buffy, but there's definitely some similar features. Yeah, for sure. And similar ways that uh, she kind of carries herself, almost. Yeah, definitely. 
So she comes out of the water, kills some more lurks. And she just says to Urkon, who doesn't help her, have we noticed a theme yet? When there's water around. Shh. I was asking the listener, not you. Oh, sorry. You finished the book. I did. <laughs> I did read the book. And then she starts killing a bunch of lurks, and Hearth is getting reports that she's killing everyone. So Hearth is getting really tired of Frey killing all of the assorted lurks, because he needs them. So he sends his best pal, Icarus, to go kill her. Yeah. And he's just like, you just, you just finish her off, but bring me back the body. Because the last time that he showed up, as we mentioned, she froze up and couldn't fight. But Frey has grown a lot since that time. So Icarus shows up, and she just says... Like, internal monologue. My hand. It doesn't shake at all. And then we switch to a new issue. And we find out that Harth has decided to go along with his plan. He was trying to wait for Frey to be there to watch him, I think. Yeah, he has... Um... Again, with the whole Voldemort thing. Like, he kind of wants oh. the perfect thing. Oh, we we're going to take that very different ways. Really? Well, you went with... Well, you're right. There is the connect... You were going to say the Voldemort thing where there's an undeniable connection between the two of them. They are tied together for life, and I was just going to say he has a hard-on for his sister. What I was actually going to say, neither of those things, definitely not the latter, closer to the former, was that moment where... Because I don't think that that was really a thing between Voldemort and Harry. Not so much. That'd be weird. Very weird. Very different ages. That thing where Voldemort... Also, this version's weird. Where Voldemort uses Harry's blood specifically to come back into his body. That he wants that particular magic to be to be done with Harry present. And I think that it's similar here that Hearth really wanted that particular magic of opening the gates to be completed. So we come back to Frey and Icarus. And Icarus just says, so, you're ready to do this, right? And Frey looks to Urkhan, she says, don't interfere. And she drops the scythe. She's ready to go, mano a mano, with Which Icarus. Which seems dumb. Why would you drop your one weapon? He's already proven to be stronger than you. But Twice. she's ready. She's finally prepared. And then... A car drops out of the sky and kills him. And it's fantastic. Because there are flying cars in this world. We didn't mention that earlier. A car drops out of the sky and just kills him. And, and Frey just looks at it. Aaron! Aaron. And she just says, my favorite line of the series, because it's one of my personal favorite insults. That's for my brother, dickhead. Oy vey. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> when you read that, did you think of me? I did think of you. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was going to hold packet. Different of, things that we thought. Whole pack of dickheads following him. Yes. So we're having a touching sister moment. She's like, well, he's super dead. Yeah, everybody's super excited that Icarus is dead. But then all of the vampires, all of the bodies are coming together and something is happening. And they're being reanimated. But not reanimator. I don't know what that means. It's a movie. It's based on a book. You wouldn't like it. It's gross. Probably not. Super 80s. But they are being reanimated as vampires. Or lurks. Sorry. I forgot what you're calling that. And then the townspeople, the bar folk all come together and they're ready to fight. There's going to be a war. And there's a good dozen of them against the... Hundreds of thousands of lurks. But then Aaron pops and she's like, hey, I called in the cavalry. And all of the disinterested police cars. Because so many flying cars, we're going to kill some stuff. And then all of the lurks come out of the sewers and there's a massive battle happening. Everyone's fighting with their future technology. 
It's pretty great. They're on like these fun little jet ski type things with like jet propulsion. It's great. And fire is happening and we're killing things. Think of like the Fantastic Car that Jack Kirby designed. It's like that, but a bunch of them. It's pretty great. But then all of a sudden, this giant dinosaur thing comes out. It's definitely a dragon. Dragon, dinosaur. Two page spread. And it's not good. Things are not good. Things were not going well before, but now all of a sudden we added in a giant beast into the mix. We're talking like 300 feet long, maybe. And riding him is Hearth. And we find out that this giant beast is gestating in its womb. It's pregnant. It is pregnant. Is it a boy or a girl? Um, I don't know. It's hordes of demons. Oh no, it's all of the dimensional portals that are going to spill over into this earth. That's a confusing moment. That somehow out of this beast's womb. Literal womb. Which they keep saying the word womb too. Womb. Womb. So out of this beast's womb will come out. Whoosh. Let's say that out of the womb there will whoosh some portals. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know that a portal was something physical that was not... That can be whooshed from a womb? Yes, exactly. But then it eats Frey, and it's the end of the book. So! Yep, it eats Frey one whole bite. No, that's the end of the book, right? Mm Mm-hmm. No more issues. All done. This is a seven-issue series. Yep. All right, seven issues. And the Slayer (laughs) dies forever. Yes. And all the demons are back. In all fairness, that'd be a hell of a twist. That would be quite the twist. So this dragon who's going to birth all of the demon dimensions has eaten Frey, but he did it with one solid bite, so, you know. So she's still alive in his mouth? Bad on him. So she literally slices and dices into his brain and pops out of his eye. It's super gross. Thereby saving her sister, who's she, been fighting uh, her brother. She has so much eye gunk on her. Well, yeah, she burst through his brain and his eye, and she had saliva that was eating through her clothes. So that's a, it's a sleepy cedar, too. Ew. Ew, 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 ew. <laughs> that she had to crawl out of. Ew. Gross. So then Hearth goes and the demon's dead, because she literally cut into his brain with the scythe. Which was good. So then she stopped all of the portals from being birthed. From this dragon. And then Hearth finds her. He just goes, you think this is over? You close the gateway. Save the Warren. Maybe even all of Hayden. In parentheses, that's New York. I don't know why. Maybe the world. You'll never guess what's coming next. And what's coming next is an incest kiss. It's a really weird moment. Mostly because we don't really ever talk about it before or after. It's a weird moment. So Hearth is also, for lack of a better term, like, he still has the body of a teenager from when he died. Yeah, but also that's his twin sister, which makes it real, real creepy. Also, if he was that close to her, he could have just bitten her. This is the Godfather 3 of Buffy stories. I have happily never seen Godfather 3, 1 or 2, to be fair. Cousins do it. Not good. So the demon's dead, there's some weird incest, and the battle has been won. For now. So Frey goes to Gunther with Urkan. She's like, hey. I have a score to settle with you. Because you sold me out. And he's like, I had to sell you out because I was trying to keep you safe because I knew who was buying these things from me and I knew that it was your brother slash evil brother. And she's like, you killed Cindy Lou Who. 
And he's like, what? I didn't oh, kill Cindy Lou Who. I don't even know who Cindy Lou Who is. So she just goes, I know. You didn't mention the Gunther thing at all. I'm proud of you. It was really hard. Gunther from Friends is all I imagined living in an aquarium this entire time. He's in love with Rachel. Yes, exactly. Well, that Gunther was kind of a perv. This one's kind of a perv, too. I know. There were some... Gunther lives in an aquarium, so, like, the way that uh, Frey talks to him is she has to walk... Just like how Gunther lives in that coffee shop. He never comes out of it. She has to walk on top of the the tank, and he has kind of a microphone system set up to talk to her. But he's super perfect. He's like, why don't you ever visit me in a skirt? For obvious reasons, Gunther. Obvious reasons. Yeah, she's aware of where you live. Yeah. No skirts for you. Remember that for I don't know how many episodes from now. Quite many, a few. Many episodes from now. That will come up again. Skirts and Gunther. Will we remember to mention it? I don't know. Also weird that Gunther prefers to talk to his clients slash also his runners and his thieves and everything from underneath them. That's an odd power dynamic. Totally unrelated. But she's like, the little girl, friend of mine, she was killed. That's got to be answered for. Do you want to do you want to read Gunther? I don't. I never. No, no. You have to use all of the weird Guntherisms. I didn't. I never. Malaka. You know I didn't kill the girl. Why am I? Why are you reading the boy and I'm reading the girl? I'm gonna continue it. I know. And then she turns her head to Urkon. You did. Dun dun dun. Thanks. Which actually makes so much sense. Good job, Frey. Yeah, because she goes, "Hey, vampires can't come in unless you ask them, and they didn't bother drinking your blood." So you definitely just murdered my little cripple friend to motivate me. She, side note, does not call her that. She calls her my five-year-old friend or something. And then he's like, yeah, you know what? Kind of needed to happen. We were going to lose otherwise. And she goes, hey, you know what I've noticed this entire time? We're conveniently next to a river in Manhattan. Can you imagine the pollution of the rivers in Manhattan 200 years no, in the future compared to now? No, there's so many issues with this. It's so bad now. Also, imagine we're always right next to the river for some reason. So she goes, hey, you know what I noticed? You never helped me when I was in the water. And she goes, I don't think you can swim. So using the pointy end of the scythe, breaks the aquarium and starts to drown Gunther. Not Gunther, the one who can't breathe in water. Starts to drown Urkon. Also Gunther, because I don't think that Gunther can really... He's not doing too well either. Well, he looks surprised. He, like, throws his fins up. He's like, ah! (laughs) Throws his fins up? It's like, throw your hands in the air. And he's going to wave them like he don't care, except he does, because he's going to drown in air. Boo! Boo about everything about that. So, basically, she fights Urkon inside of Gunther's aquarium, busts out the other side of it. Urkon vomits up a bunch of water, and then she stabs him in the head. Yep. And then she helps save Gunther because she's destroyed his home. And he pays her. And he pays her. You know, it's one of those, like, don't bite the hand that feeds you kind of deal. Yeah. So Urkon's super dead because, you know, stabbed in the brain. But Gunther is not. She just says, for a friend, I make it quick. And then we cut back to Pigface and Skullface, and they just say, she lives. You can do it. Well, I can only do one of them. She lives. She wins for us. Closes the gateway, but she lives. As does the brother. Danger to us in many configurations. Urkon will be unremembered, stricken from our warrior's books for his failure to end her. As usual, you fixate on the unimportant, you expanse of grief. The girl. We have to watch the girl. 
For a while, she will be busied, rebuilding. She may even continue her old life, but she has found a new one. And as long as she heeds the call... They'll be watching. The demons. Hearth. Things I don't even know about yet. They'll all be waiting. Wait. I'm, I'm, I'm now Frey. No, we actually switched. Yeah, like we are supposed to. Waiting for me to fall. So come on, guys. I'm not just one girl. <laughs> Why am I reading the lady? I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just one girl. No big hero. No protector of justice. I shouldn't have paused there. <laughs> not even a bona fide 100% slayer. So what are you waiting for? Take me on. Hurt my world. I fucking dare you. Not what she says. I dare you. Better. So, basically, we come to find out that Urkon all along was supposed to incite Frey to kill either Hearth or to just destroy his plans, and then she was supposed to die as well. Yeah, they didn't want the Slayer line to continue. Right, they wanted to kill the demons and then kill everything. Just just end everything. But that won't be followed up on. Really? No. Are you being sarcastic? No, it won't be. Okay, so you aren't being sarcastic. So, originally... After Frey came out, Dross is like, I have plans to come back to this world and we'll continue the story, blah, blah, blah. But then when the canon post-Buffy stuff happened, plans kind of changed. This is not the last time we're going to see Frey, which is also part of the reason why it's important to read it now versus, you know, after everything else, because it's going to be important to have context. This is a long one, but it's a really good one. There's a lot of uh, very interesting characters that get created here. And really for... A first time out writing comics, I like what Joss does here. He doesn't fall into some of the traps that he will when he starts doing post-Buffy and Angel stuff. He very much falls in love with the idea of, I don't have a budget, I don't have a budget, I'll do what I want. But since this is 200 years in the future, it all kind of works. Exactly. With the exception of the dragon, it doesn't go that big. But even Buffy from time to time would pop up with like something larger than life, like massively larger. Yeah. Also, I like that there's such little magic in this world that that it doesn't, it feels like such a different world from the whole Buffy universe that I'm not trying to compare it back to, is this the same tone as the show? Or even the angel stuff, is this the same tone as the show? It's, it's just a totally separate world that I'm falling into. And I have a lot more patience for that. This is going to affect the world later on, which compared to the stuff that we've covered so far, this is the first one that actually matters. This is the first one that's going to have some kind of impact on the world around it, even though it's a few hundred years in the future. Exactly. This is, but not the last time we'll see Frey. We don't see her a ton. This isn't a world that we come back to a ton, a ton of times, but we will see her again. And we'll see her again with the exact same creative team, which is always fun. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. It's nice to actually have something that's decent. This is definitely going to be the longest. I mean, this is eight issues. We're never going to do eight issues ever again. But... They're good eight issues. They're well worth it. And now that you don't have to wait over a year in between them, that's helpful too. Exactly. We'll be back next week, this time for real next week. Ooh, fun. To find out how Spike gets some boots. You can find me over at editorsnotecomics.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The show is going to be up probably about a week early for Patreon subscribers. You can go over there. If you have any questions for the show, you can email them over to editorsnotecomics at gmail.com or any of those other social media places. We'll be back next week. All right. See you later. Bye.